Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties Too. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, Everything Your Dog Wants You to Know, as well as the Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. This episode features one of three guests who were part of my weekly hour-long NPR show broadcast over the air every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island where it has broadcast continuously for over 15 years. This show is about dogs, cats, and other creatures who share the planet with us. Please check out my other Pet Talk podcasts at tracyhotchnerpets.com. This show would not be possible without the longtime support of Waruva, the pet food company founded and privately run by David Foreman, who named it after his rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa. Waruva is a quirky name for a company with whimsical names for the dozens of different cans and pouches of cat food they make. But what sets them apart is how serious David is about high-quality nutrition. They were the first pet food company to use human edible ingredients and process them in the same facilities that make human food, remaining privately owned and run, accountable only to their own high standards. This show is also made possible with the generous support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Bruce Elsie a feline-only veterinarian. He personally created many styles of litter to make sure that even the fussiest cats would not have out-of-litter box problems, the number one reason people abandon their kitties. Dr. Elsie also created his own brand of cat food called Clean Protein, the first dry cat food I can recommend because it's based on the protein found in a cat's natural prey. Dr. Elsie's is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my New York Cat Film Festival of which I am the founder and director along with the annual New York Dog Film Festival, which premiere in New York City every October and then travel the USA and Canada supporting local animal welfare groups. Go to dogfilmfestival.com and catfilmfestival.com to find out when we'll be where. I am so happy with the new year kicking off to be able to have Stephanie Volo back on the show. She's the chief impact officer for Earth Animal. And Earth Animal is a sponsor of this show. But Steffi does something that's way outside, at least in my experience, what happens in the pet industry. She's this long view person, and I guess the company is. Like, what is the impact that we all have on each other, on pets, on the planet? Steffi, you now have a new program called Dogs in the Classroom that I want to talk about. But first, I just want to talk for a minute about your title. So you meet someone at a cocktail party. Now, I know there are no more cocktail parties. The world doesn't have parties of any kind anymore. But they say, hi, what do you do? Of course, if you're in England, you're not allowed to ask anybody that. It's considered super rude. But in America, we say, hi, what do you do? And you say, I'm the chief impact officer. Do people say, oh, excellent, I know what that means? Or do they say, really, what is that? Oh, Tracy, thank you so much for having me. And Happy New Year to you and to all of your listeners. Um, Great to be here. So um, it's a great question, and I would say that more and more people are understanding what a chief impact officer is. You know, my role um, could have been chief sustainability officer or chief impact officer. They um, mean several of the same things, but I chose chief impact officer because of um, how broad impact can be for people, animals, and the earth. And you know, my role is to vision and execute our overall sustainability strategy for the company, our global sustainability strategy, but also to create purpose 
and, you know, unify the entire team. So build this culture around unity and purpose and impact. And so it's not just external or for our external stakeholders. It's also very much internal. Um, and I'm, I've, I've been doing this for a year now since we've become B Corp certified, and I absolutely love every minute of it. I love creating positive impact um, as much as possible, and I also feel very strongly about doing as much as we possibly can to mitigate our negative impact. Now, one of the things, before we talk about dogs in the classroom, because I'm very interested in it, and I had a wonderful film in the Dog Film Festival um, a year or two ago, depicting a dog in the classroom helping a kid who was having a lot of trouble mm-hmm. reading and yes. it turned his life around. But Absolutely. I think what's something that you, you touched on and that you talked on the show about before, and I think it's important that we explain again what a B Corp is because it's a it's a profit, for-profit company, but doing a lot of good deeds. I'm t- saying this in the stupidest layman's terms on purpose. No. But if, I re- <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> but if I recall when you described it, it actually carries a bit of a heavy burden or a challenge or whatever you carry it if you want. Because if I recall, you said that you have to keep doing more good. It's like you do good, but you have to keep yes. doing more good to keep your certification. Can you remind people what that is? Because it obviously, I, I think it's very important that we all uh, respect and understand and support companies that are B Corps. And it doesn't matter if they're, you know, selling children's diapers or uh, dog chews. So just yes, explain, because yes. I think we all need to constantly sure. be educated on a fairly new idea to many of us. Sure. It's a, it, it's a great question, and I'm happy to do this really quickly. So a certified B Corporation is a company that um, – goes through a very robust assessment about their entire business um, strategy. So it's not just um, environmental performance, but we are, we are assessed and verified on our social and environmental performance. And you have to achieve a minimum score of 80 points in five different areas, and that's, that's employees or workers, customers, your communities, the environment, and how you govern your entire company and your business practices. So essentially, the B Corp movement believes in an inclusive, equitable, and regenerative economy. The B stands for benefit for all. So think of it that way. So we're not just in business to benefit shareholders. We are in business to benefit and make the people, the animals around us better, you know, there we're benefiting, right, better, yep. and also our planet. So it really it thinks about stakeholders, not just shareholders. So in the communities where we do business, we want to make sure we're treating those communities well. The workers and our employees, we want to make sure we're treating them well, and so on and so forth. And nice. every three years, you have to recertify. There's a saying that sustainability is not um, a destination. It's a journey. And it's always about continuous improvement. So the goal is that every three years you increase your score wow. because you are improving in those areas. It's amazing. And I feel so honored to be a part 
of this incredible movement. And, well, I think um, it's, it's really grown. important that we all understand it because it's hard for each of us in our daily life, I think, to have a really positive impact. We try to not have a negative impact, I hope. We try to sure, smile sure, and be nice sure. to other people we encounter in the real world, and we try to be the same way in, in the cyber world, whether it's email or text or what have you. But I think that doing business on our end, giving business to B Corps, is something we can do that positively impacts Absolutely. the world. Absolutely. And we can do it really, uh, you know, uh, neutrally. We don't have to do a whole lot of work. We just have to make different choices in who we want to give our money to and give our business to and and celebrate as a company, whatever it is that they do. So I think it's really important we understand that because it lets all of us do good. The word I was trying to think of was passively. You don't have to really get yes. out of your chair. You just have to get into your head and make sure that you're making decisions that are good and fair for everyone. All right, so good on that and good for you, and I, I hope your score gets Thank better you. and better. I, I only can relate Thank to you. it as ladder league in pickleball. So pathetic, my little world. But on the ladder <laughs> league, you, you either go up or down on the court depending on how well you did. So, of course, we all want to go to a higher pickleball court That's and right. get a better B-Corp <laughs> score. Let's talk about dogs in the classroom because this is a, an idea that that I think sort of seemed like a little corny idea that maybe librarians did, you know, you'd bring in the, it's always a golden retriever. You bring in the golden retriever for like, you know, reading hour for the, I don't know, five-year-olds or fifth graders. It didn't really matter. And kids uh, enjoyed reading more because there was a dog there, but that's not what dogs in the classroom is. It's quite a social worker, organized, driven. I mean, it's a serious learning tool. So can you talk about it and what Earth Animals doing with that? Sure, sure. So I think you know, Tracy, that um, 1% of our annual net sales um, goes to essentially making the world a better place. And that could be all different things. And what we do with our website is we take 1% of Earth Animals website sales and on a quarterly basis, so we have four a year, and we pick a partner, a nonprofit partner, that we can do good work with, that we can help support them do their amazing work. And essentially, Dodge in the Classroom came from a program that was that started in 2010 called Pets in the Classroom, right. which was administ administered by the Pet Care Trust, which is a 501c3. And so essentially, Pets in the Classroom, they grant, uh, or the Pet Care Trust and Pets in the Classroom they grant fund, um, they, excuse me, they fund grants for pets and supplies for classrooms, grades um, pre-K through ninth. And dogs in the classroom became a separate um, program off of pets in the classroom. And we are supporting dogs in the classroom. <clears throat> excuse me. So, yes. Dogs in the Classroom is fairly new. It's only a couple years old. Actually, we're going, I think they're going into their second or third year of dogs specifically in the classroom. And essentially, they are therapy dogs that are brought into classrooms. And the majority of these classrooms that they are brought in are underserved areas in Title I schools. So over 50% of schools that these animals and dogs go into 
are Title I schools, so where they don't have the resources, they don't have the funds, they don't have teachers, they, they are in very um, underserved communities. And it's been incredible what these dogs have done in terms of, like you said, changing these kids' lives, like, like truly changing these kids' lives. And not only that, but I would say, I think there's a statistic like 60% of all teachers say that at least one or two children within that classroom end up adopting a dog. Because really? It's so helpful. Yes. Yes. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy because, yeah, in underserved areas, and there's no point, you know, doing stereotypes, but it can be, let's just say, in poor areas, poor neighborhoods, there's not usually a great animal shelter. There's often no veterinary care. There's often no nice quality pet store. And the dogs that you see can be, and this is, again, generalization, not necessarily pet type dogs, more like random, maybe kind of harsh fighting dogs or gang protection dogs. Again, generalizations, but they're based on uh, true things that that, um, occur in poor neighborhoods where there are gangs or drugs or not enough resources, and children are scared of dogs because those dogs can be scary. So the fact that an unscary dog can come in and not only give you a different feeling about pets, which is pretty huge for kids... It right. also helps them be able to read. I don't know. Maybe they're doing more than just reading. They are. They are. So let me address two things in there. One is what's great about dogs in the classroom, regardless of the areas that they are supporting, they are very, very well trained and thoroughly screened right. by um, pet partners, which is a therapy dog um, training program right. and the pet care trust. So that's, it's important to know that and essentially they look at dogs in the classroom as an educational program. It's an educational program that provides teachers the opportunity to bring these animal assisted dogs, therapy dogs into their classroom. So essentially it can, it it, it does shape these children's lives for years to come, but what it does and again, especially in select schools where the teachers really need that support. It provides constant. So it provides lower stress levels yep. for teachers and for children. And, but it increases the, the children's motivation to do more, to find compassion, to learn about caring, to foster reading. And also pets provide teachers with sort of these tools to help students suffering from social anxiety and low self-esteem, right? Mm -hmm. So there's so many amazing things that we know, because we're pet people, that dogs do sort of inherently, right? We just know that they do that. Right. But there's actually statistics that these dogs, when measuring this program, how successful they've been with all of these skills and for these teachers. So it's been truly amazing, and we're so humbled and honored to support this program. And 100% of the donations, all donations, go right to the classroom. So it's really special. It is really special, and the, and the real heroes in the story, in my view, are the owners of those therapy dogs. 
because they spend countless hours, some of them quite boring, I would think, although they could smile and watch the kids. They bring the dog, and then the kids and the dog do their thing with the teacher and whatever the topic of the day is. And that person has trained this dog, gotten the dog certified, groomed the dog, gotten the dog in the car, got to this school, gotten into the school, and then stays there sometimes for hours just to be there as the human side of that dog. And they're so I don't know, celebrated. And I just want to celebrate them. It's sort of like fostering kittens or fostering puppies. You know, then someone else adopts them and everyone's thrilled. But that foster person put in so much time. And I think the the therapy dog guardians, human guardians, are incredible because I'm sure they see this transformative power right in front of their eyes. And I'm sure that is their reward and incentive to keep on coming back, right? Exactly, exactly. And to be honest, I believe that the therapy dog is just as beneficial to that teacher as it is to the kids. You know, I think it's, it absolutely, um, you know, it, it provides such a positive experience, unlike anything else, unlike other classrooms that maybe don't get to experience that. And that's a major plus for teachers because, again, I think it also brings the teacher and the children closer yes. because they're caring for this animal in ways that they wouldn't be and they wouldn't be interacting in such a loving and compassionate right. way. So, And not directed really, to the, yeah, sit in your seat, where's your homework, you, you didn't exactly. do well on the test, now you need tutoring exactly. or whatever it is, it's, it's usually that authoritarian parental figure that a teacher has no choice but to be, especially in an overcrowded classroom without enough adult hands around. Isn't it great to have this vision of this dog who wafts in and everyone just ooze and ahs? It's great. It's it's kind of puppy breath, even for a full-grown dog. They bring puppy breath with them to these kids and to their classrooms. Well, Stephanie, it's really amazing that Earth Animal found this group. I will obviously be getting their name from you, and I'll have one of their people come on the show and talk more about where they go and and how they do what they do. But thank you for all of your good work. Really, really appreciate it. My pleasure, Tracy. You take good care, and we'll see you soon. I hope you enjoyed the show. There were a few more special companies that make this show possible, and I hope you'll try their products because they support my mission to entertain you with valuable information and advice. This show is supported by Earth Animal, which is privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, where they create holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. Earth Animal makes a dazzling array of healing products for dogs and cats, as well as the innovative dog chew, No Hide, and the hybrid dry food, Wisdom, which is sometimes all that my picky Weimaraner Maisie will eat. The show is also brought to you in part by Evermore Pet Food, privately owned by two dedicated women who take human edible, ethically sourced ingredients to gently cook dog food that is then frozen in pouches and shipped right to your door. They founded and run their own company and answer to their own high standards without interference from venture capital investors. My dogs love it every single day.